Mother-loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown, because this week's episode starts in three. Two, one. I just love that blast off sound. It doesn't get old. Every time I'm like, yes, blast off. She has the biggest smile on her face right now, like a little kid. I'm just so proud. Like we created that intro. Did you guys like it? We designed that. Wasn't that fun? (laughs) Making music is so much fun. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Jenna's like my secret Mm -hmm. passion. Oh yeah. Layering the track. So hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Hello. We love you. We are so happy to have you with us today as we explore the curious topic of starseeds. Do you think you're a starseed? Do you, I mean, Jenna? I, I have some, some vacation property and some star systems, but I don't know about a permanent home. <laughs> That's that's good. I'll I'll take that. Well, I don't know. Maybe you're a starseed. Whoever's listening to this, maybe you're married to a starseed. Maybe your maybe, kid's a starseed. I know you. I was about you're to about say, to say it. I took yeah, it yeah. No, but seriously, I, I feel like Mike is a starseed. <laughs> well, your kid's obviously a starseed. But do you feel like all mothers think their kids no, are starseed? No, I mean, I think not all mothers have experienced some of the things you've experienced. That would make them think that. That's true. Wherever you are on the starseed train, hopefully by the end of this episode, you will be very clear on whether you have a starseed in your life or you are one. Or you might not be clear about it. Or you may not, but at least you (laughs) can have an interesting conversation about (laughs) starseeds with your friend tomorrow at lunch. Yes. So um, on that, I would love to start by giving you guys some MLF news. I'd love to start with a review by the beautiful Meg Lear, and this was titled Gratitude. We always love to read reviews when we can, just to give a shout out to the people that support us. And it means so much to us when we get these reviews. It really lights us up. And it's really hard to tell whether we're having an impact on people or whether people are enjoying the show, because it's usually just Jenna and I nutting out these conversations or a guest. And um, yeah, it's really nice to get feedback. So thank you guys. Keep them coming. So this is from Meg Lear. Dear Jenna and Amber, thank you in big letters for pouring your hearts into the MLF show. I felt so connected to every episode, but the miscarriages, demystified, and anxiety episodes have really resonated deeply, and they seem to have found me at the most perfect times. Also, rock on for choosing to cover vaccines. Yeah, it's a tough discussion, but an important one to be having. Your honesty and efforts are appreciated. Mm, thank you, thank Meg. Thank you, Meg. We Such love a you sweetheart. forever. Yeah, that, that's totally made our day. Great. So that's our review. Jenna, do you have yeah. any news? So my bit of news is just um, reminding you to head on over to our shop tab on themotherlovingfuture.com for amazing discounts on great brands such as Supure Soup Cleanses. Um, this is a soup company that's based here in Los Angeles that has these amazing soup cleanses that are 100% organic, fresh, fiber-rich, non-GMO, no pesticides, full of enzymes and nutrients um, to get your health jump-started for this new year. So 
Soup here is over there on our shop tab, along with other great brands that can get you a discount on some of the most conscious products out and there. And it's 20% off. Yeah, on that Soup one Pure, is, right? Uh, it's 15% off with code MLF. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. I live for soup in the fridge. I usually make a massive batch and then during the day, I just have it for lunch and keep running. Yeah. It's the best. You're good at soup too. Like, it, huh. yeah, you're good at balancing like flavors. Oh, thanks. You know, like salty, you know what? sweet. Can, can I tell you my secret? Lemony. Coconut oil. Salt, uh, sometimes a bit of chicken stock, but not in the <gasps> soup when I know that you're coming around to eat it. Thanks for that I know disclaimer. You're yes, organic chicken stock. Uh, uh, yeah. So Better than bone broth? It's No, no, sorry. I meant bone broth. And we have Same a thing. great bone broth company in we our do. shop tab as well, Bare Bones. Oh, so I live off that. That's your favorite. I know. That's why we put it on here. Um, so also, if you want some bone broth, head over to our shop tab for a discount on that too. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. Jenna, I know you've got killer definition as usual. Really excited for this one. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so here's my definition. Oh, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Not yet, not yet. Okay. Ready? Okay. Now I'm ready. Hit me. Okay. So my definition of a starseed. Um, so starseed is somebody who has called another planet or another dimension home in their past lifetimes. In other words, earth could seem a bit foreign to these people and they belo- they could have belonged to alien civilizations in their past lives. Um, many star seeds are incarnating on earth right now uh, in this moment of history to help with the shift of consciousness that is happening right now from within a human body. Great. Okay. So to to get that super clear, a star seed, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. a star seed is a being outside of Earth's system, so out there in the universe somewhere from a different uh, world, let's just say, or constellation or whatever it may be, that is of a high vibin kind of standard. I mean, maybe. There's all kinds of vibrations out there. Okay, that's true. Uh, so star seeds can come from multiple planets? Yeah. So yes. Um, so, okay. We are obviously taught to believe there's no, there's the aliens aren't really out there, but if you look at all the stars and all the planets in this infinite expanse, like the theory of star seeds would say that there are alien civilizations such as in the Pleiades, in Lyra, in, um, Arcturus, that around these stars, um, there are actually planets which inhabit life and life, highly advanced life forms. And that the soul, right? So you have a soul history and like your soul has lived lifetimes before this current lifetime. Some people might've lived lifetimes on earth, but others could have lived lifetimes in these other star systems. So in Arcturus or in the Pleiades or uh, a Lyran star seed, for example. Um, So, and in these highly advanced civilizations, like the ones I've just been mentioning, the people there, they operate they're not, I guess, people, but the the beings there operate under um, higher consciousness. Well, the the, the law of love, the law the, of the one. law of one, and the law of love. What we're trying to head to. That's what we're trying to head to. So they're so they're, they're a fully, little more advanced. Yeah, they're advanced, more advanced. Yeah, and so so the theory is that some of those advanced beings souls came into human bodies in this lifetime at this moment on earth to aid with the shifting consciousness that's happening right now. And I have heard that part of their motive, not only from just the pureness of their heart, but you know, within the universe, what happens to earth has a ripple effect out to the universe and affects other 
planets and constellations. So it's I have heard that the Pleiades, for example, which I've done some research into because I got told Valentine was a Pleiades when he was in my womb and emitting this kind of electric blue light around him every time I close my eyes. And even now today, it is so spooky. When I close my eyes, if you blink for a second, there's like a moment when you blink, which I see blue sparks blue. coming off him when mm-hmm. I'm around him. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing. I've never had that before in my life and it still happens. So and evidently, yeah, so evidently the Pleiades to are, blue. Are, well, evidently the, the vibration creates this electric blue light. Mm-hmm. And if you look up to the Pleiades star constellation, that's kind of the color mm-hmm. of the Pleiades. Mm-hmm. So anyway. And often Pleiadian stars will have blue eyes. Yeah, and they have similar – That I'm going to get into this later as well, but they have similar um, kind of facial features, like physical characteristics. So they have like heart-shaped kind of round faces and, as you said, big blue eyes usually. Um, and I think that they might – I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that the Pleiadians and the what, what's called the Nordic aliens might be the same. Maybe. I think they are, but I'm not, not 100% have sure. Have I heard of the Nordic aliens? Yeah, I have heard to of add them? that one to my little list to look oh, into. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, the Nordic. Maybe that's where I'm from. Obviously. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yeah, but the Nordic aliens would have seeded the Nordic cultures as okay. well. Well, so backtrack just a little bit. I'm going to look into the Nordic aliens. But what I was saying about what I learned about the Pleiades was that. Um, Part of the reason why the Pleiadians are coming down at high speed down, down to the earth more than ever before, they say, is because there's a sense of urgency for them to contribute to the um, the upgrade of our consciousness because we're current. the current trajectory we're heading in is going to be a pretty poor state for the earth and for and that will ripple out and affect the Pleiades. And evidently they're from our future. So they've seen what happens if the earth kind of internally combusts or, you know, whatever that looks like without us reaching that point of higher consciousness. And they're coming down to kind of like fight the good fight to get us on the track of the upgrade. And I've also heard that Pleiadians are quite close to humans in the sense that they're maybe living in the 5D, like they're actually pretty close to where we're heading. Whereas some other star seeds, like the Lyran star seeds or something could be like, whoa, way far out there. Um, whereas the Pleiadians are kind of closer to us. Like you said, they could be future humans. They're like an evolution of humanity or they're something very closely related to humanity and closer to our state. So they're maybe like more affected. Well, you can see the Pleiades. I try to look for them when I'm out in the country and I can see lots of stars. I always think, okay, where are the Pleiades? Mm-hmm. Where's Valentine from? Mm-hmm. And I look up there. So seven sisters, seven stars. Yeah. You can definitely see them from earth. So they must be kind of close. I'm trying to see, I have a star map right behind Amber. I'm just trying to see if I could see I think them. They're over here somewhere, like over that side. Um, Okay, so let's start this episode with just exploring the idea of where people are getting this information from. Let's bring some validity as much as we can into the concept of starseeds. All I can tell you about the validity is, I mean, I don't know. There's no scientific answer to that because science completely excludes this as a possibility, I'd say. I mean, most mainstream science, although I bet the cutting edge of science does not exclude it. Um I first heard about this from my father when I was about 12. Um, he told me, hey, just kind of conversationally, 
you know, people could have been aliens in their last life. And at the time I was like, what, what the heck? No, like it just did. I did not think that was at all possible. But then I realized that, um, I don't know even how I came to understand this, but I started to realize that it, it is possible. Well, I have seen, a, I've read a book called Bringers of the Dawn mm-hmm. on the Pleiades, and there are lots of information out there from individual sources all around the world with very similar stories mm-hmm. and information. So there's a lot of literature you can get involved in mm-hmm. to know more about this. And the source of that literature um, seems to be channeled. It seems to be information that people have downloaded through meditation, through psychics, through just channeling spirits and and people from those constellations or mm-hmm. other planets, um, from kind of um, uh, existential experiences. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know. It's, it's I think that's about right. You know, it's like it has been channeled by many people all around the world. Channeling to me is like, eh, like I'm not 100% on channeling because I do think like that could be right or could be wrong. But you, if you do cross-reference the channeled information on a lot of these star seeds, they are that you will find total similarities. Um, I mean, and also just resonance testing, internally resonance testing on y- your own, um, you know, sense of intuition. Like, does this feel right? Does it- and also like looking at certain people, certain people actually fit into this like really well. If you mm-hmm. start to look, if you start to think about it, there are humans that actually don't seem human. They don't seem integrated mm-hmm. into humanity. They have like highly technologically advanced skill sets that like really don't correspond with, with earth or anything that's happened on earth. Um, I completely agree with that. When I started reading into the concept of Pleiadians, because the shaman that I had a healing from when I was pregnant told me about, first of all, before I went to the shaman, I was tripping out because every time I closed my eyes and meditated, I would see this electric blue light around my womb. And I thought, that's so weird. I must be imagining it. And now that I've already imagined it, I see it every time I close my eyes was my way of thinking. And then I went to the shaman, didn't mention a thing lay down on the table and he's an aborigine shaman that works with dream time and he said whoa you have electric blue light Mm -hmm. around your womb that's pleiadian energy i think you're holding a pleiadian and i'm like a pleiadian what like is that some kind of like health issue i don't know what you're talking about um so that's when i started looking into it and the more i read into it the more i started recognizing people in my life who i'm very close with as fitting the mold of a pleiadian exactly like down to the most complex ways of their being so let's talk about some characteristics Wait, can I, just, I have to interject one thing yeah the first day i ever met you um was at emily Pereira's party and you had valentine he was about six months old and um you were leading like a woman's circle at that time. And I didn't know you. And I just saw you and Valentine and you both had these big blue eyes. Cause Valentine's eyes seem bluer when he was a baby. I feel yeah. like they've gotten a bit more green, but yeah. like they were like blue. And I just like the first thought, like just intuition without knowing anything about you. I was like, they're Pleiadians. It was like, <laughs> the, it was like so obvious. I, I like, it was plainly observable to me. Like the first time I ever saw you. Wow. Well, thank you very much. What a mm-hmm. compliment. Yeah. Do you feel like you were a Pleiadian I at don't, some point? I think I've been there. Maybe like, I kind of feel like we all were in the Pleiades right before this life as like a kind of like, all right, Ooh, guys, we got this. Together. Let's get this. We got this. You go know? team, go team, go, go team, go, go. go. Yeah. But I don't think that I originate on the Pleiades and I have 
I have a connection to a certain um, group consciousness, but it isn't the Pleiadians. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lo- I, I've never really looked into anything else but the Pleiadians. So. Well, that's probably because you, and that's relevant to you. Yeah. You know? I can't wait to hear a little bit more about the other kind mm-hmm. of constellations or planets where star seeds generally mm-hmm. kind of like come from. Mm-hmm. But let's, so. So when we talk about the characteristics of a star seed, you're, you're one is lions. Pardon? One is like lions. There's a whole star seed civilization that are like leonine, like lion-esque. Mm. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? I mean like they present as like um humans but with lion heads. Oh, like me. Yeah, I'm going to show. Exactly. Well, I've got a lion's mane at least. I mean, yeah, but like you, they actually look quite a bit like you. I'm going to try to find a picture of it while you're talking. Well, maybe that's me because to be honest, when I think about Pleiades, a Pleiadian, I don't don't feel like I fit the criteria of a Pleiadian. Valentine does exactly. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other girlfriends, close friends I have, it's Mm -hmm. uncanny the characteristics that match up. But I feel as though I don't have the sensitivity element, which uh, is very kind of Pleiadian. So when we talk about, we're just about to talk about the, oh my gosh, that's me. (laughs) I just showed (laughs) her a picture of the lion. We're going to post that on our Instagram today. It's going to be great. So when we're discussing the characteristics of star seeds. How do you want to angle this? Do you want to take it just with Pleiadians Mm-mm. and then the other planets, or you want to just talk Mm-mm. about star seeds Talking in about general? Star seeds in general. Okay. So let's talk about the physical, emotional, mental, mm-hmm. spiritual characteristics of this human mm-hmm. that may possibly be a star seed that has reincarnated as a human. Yes. And this is general star seeds. There are like quizzes online where you could be like, what kind of star seed am I? I'm not can vouch for those, but like they exist. Um, these are just some general starseed characteristics, large, intense eyes, mm-hmm. um, natural interest in the stars or alien civilizations. Can I just say, yeah, Valentine has been pumped up with this galaxy project he's been making at school for the past really? two weeks. Perfect example. Every folks. day he's been coming home saying like, mommy, I get to make the universe and there's Saturn and there's Mars and Jupiter and Europe. And he can, he's memorized, he's four, he's memorized all of the planets and created all these stars with glitter. And he came home, ran home and said, mommy, I need sticky tape. And like put it up right next to his bed, like a little trophy, like and obsessed. That's a perfect example. And you know, another thing that Valentine's obsessed with, which I think is a bit star seedy is superheroes because in star in star sea civilizations they would have powers that we wouldn't have access to as humans makes sense yeah he's obsessed with superheroes okay so let's go um, okay they have an inborn sense of universal love they can communicate telepathically before they can speak oh dude i just got to say i i mean i'll leave it i do i honestly do like uh-huh. he is so psychic it's insane I, i'm sorry no no i'm no, going to go let ahead. you go ahead. i'm Give. i mean he's a psychic from the moment he was born <laughs> i've been getting like hits from him like downloads from him i'm like where did that word come from or that thing come from he's just looking at me beaming these thoughts through me which I can pick up so mm-hmm. easily but then every single day no joke he reads my mind mm-hmm. I say oh, yeah, something in my mind and he just walks in out of nowhere and goes hmm uh are we seeing Opal tomorrow like I haven't told him we're seeing his best friend who we haven't seen in two months or something because they live in Topanga you, you know, go to Topanga the other side like of the world. every freaking <laughs> no. week and just 
an hour before that, we had made an arrangement and in my head, I was having dialogue saying, okay, so tomorrow we'll wake up, we'll go to Topanga. He walks in and goes, are we going to visit Opal and Topanga tomorrow? Like stuff like that. Yeah. Perfect. Every perfect example. Okay. Sorry. Perfect example. No, you can give me an example for all of these. I think a story example is nice for people. Maybe okay. or maybe not. Oh, sorry I'm not sure. if it's annoying. Sorry. No, it doesn't annoy me. It makes me happy. Okay. Um, they love music and art. Looking at me now, I feel pressure to come up with a story. Just when you feel a story, you can say it. Otherwise, I'm just going to go through it. It's true. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Um, We do dance parties every morning in the kitchen. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Strong connection to animals, nature, including plants, rocks, crystals, and stones. Okay. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. There was one time where I walked outside and there was this little family of mushrooms on (laughs) our, it'd be raining. She's not making this up, folks. (laughs) I'm not making this up. And um, it was in our yard and I went over to them and I had Valentine with me. Look, look, Bubba, look at this family of mushrooms. Isn't it cool? And he very carefully stood next to it and, and bent down and was looking at them very gently. And me, the big ogre, without even thinking about it, pushed over one of the mushrooms to see what it was like underneath it so I could show him what an underneath mushroom was like. And I pushed one over and he flipped. I'm saying he was crying. He stood up and he was so mad. He said, mommy, how could you do that? How could you kill a mushroom? It was in a family. You killed a mushroom. But like he flipped out because I killed a mushroom. Amber has a tear in her eye right now just remembering <laughs> his pain. This is a perfect segue to my next point too. Great. And ants won't let me kill an ant. Won't let me squish a mosquito. Is Love a kid. So, Love this kid. So empathetic. Well, my next point is okay. extremely empathetic okay. and sensitive. I, well, I just want to interject <laughs> here because... I recent, not recently, a few years ago, I discovered that Valentine had sensory processing disorder. Highly sensitive. Which is a highly sensitive child. It's not a disorder, okay? I, no, hate, I hate that. I know, I know, but just for people so they can look it up because maybe they have a highly sensitive child. Or they're a highly sensitive person. W- they, or they're a highly sensitive like person. Me. Exactly, like you. And so what I'm saying is heads up to the mamas who have highly sensitive children mm-hmm. because you know, when you look at sensory processing disorder, which is just a human term. And not a disorder. They've put, it's not a disorder. Part of the spectrum. Totally. Of sensitivity. They've just put a, slapped a label on it so they can make more sense of it, right? Now, when you look at kids that are more sensitive, their brain is literally different. Like the composition of their brain, it's, it's taking in information, more information at a greater velocity than the normal brain, which in turn makes them more sensitive to stimuli because they're taking in the details of the sound, the light, the objects around them, the people's energy, all of those things, which a lot of people just kind of like numb to and look over. You're quite numb to those things. I'm quite numb to them. Yeah, I think so. Generally. That's very healthy. Yeah. And so (laughs) what I'm saying is that that could definitely be an alien-like feature that shows up. Our human brain kind of like processes that as that person's overly sensitive. But look out, that's kind of a that's Pleiadian a feature. feature. I almost. feel like that's a super – It is because you can perceive more. Yeah, that, and also that's what makes you psychic because you're taking in the information of – person's energy, which most people don't have the capacity to read because they're not that sensitive. Absolutely. And bear that in mind because we're going to be moving through some other points that have exactly to do with everything that you're still talking about. Like I'll I'll just read them out of order to just apply here, but like easily overstimulated. Um, 
dietary and chemical sensitivities, such oh, as man. sugar, caffeine, unnatural food, and chemicals. Not only that, if you have a fussy eater <laughs> who also happens to be a very sensitive mm-hmm. um, kid, mm-hmm. it's part of the sensory system mm-hmm. overload. They can't mm-hmm. cope with a lot of different textures, mm-hmm. a lot of like they're scared of trying new foods. I'm sorry if this is mm-hmm. turning into a parenting podcast, no, which I'm sure no, it's, it's good. great it's good. for everyone too. But all of these things can be connected to alien past life. Totally. Dislike of high stress environments, loud, sharp sounds, and bright unnatural lights also gets in with that. Um, Multidimensional experiences from childhood, including healing, telekinesis, or clairvoyance, we've kind of also been talking about. Um, Craves community and dislikes fighting. Oh, big time. Oh my gosh. On the rare occasion when Carrie and I go for it, he literally jumps in between us and just like puts his hands out and starts going, no, totally poor little thing. Mm -hmm. should never, ever, ever fight in front of kids. But I mean, it's also like you have to like also be, be real. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a level which is traumatic and a level which is kind of, you know, this is acceptable in real life. That's true. Well, hopefully you don't traumatize them. But I know from my parents, they never fought ever. And then they got divorced and it was kind of like, whoa, whoa, what? Oh, that's confusing It's too. confusing. And also when you're fighting behind your kid, like behind closed doors and your kids don't know you're fighting, they sense an totally. weird energy, but they can't put their finger on it, which is sometimes harder. And, and worse for and them. Worse. It yeah. creates a more confused, confused human. That was like me. I was confused about that. I didn't understand. So, and I, as an empath as well, and highly sensitive, like I played that out in weird ways where I just, cause I didn't know like what I was feeling. Do you know what I mean? Oh, poor little Jenna. I know. Little cutie. I turned out yeah, all right. There's but I a level turned out of better. transparency, <laughs> please. No, Isn't that everyone's story? Isn't everyone's story? I could be better. Yeah. So you're well, perfect hopefully we're going to get are. to being better um, in the new paradigm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> P.S. Just recorded birthing a new paradigm, <laughs> which Jenna steered the ship and it was epic. Look out for that one. Um, but yeah, I just to close that note, sorry, I yeah. feel like it's important to be transparent with each other and our children to a certain degree because they naturally feel responsible for us and our happiness. Mm-hmm. So there's a level of being real and transparent, but not letting them feel like they're taking on your way to the world. Absolutely. And a lot of times when when I've fought with Jesse in front of my kids, which has happened, and they do the same as Valentine, they literally jump in between us and they're like, no fighting, Um, which is cute. But um, afterwards, both of us separately will go to them and say, mommy and daddy were fighting. This is why everything's okay. We love each other as a family. We're just adults hashing it out. It's not a good way to hash it out, but sometimes it happens. If it happens, it's it's okay. It has nothing to do with you. We love you. We forgive each other. And we just can kind of give them like a conclusion so that it helps them process through it. And also allows them space to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Why did you fight? Mm -hmm. What's it about? And then you could also say, next time daddy and I are going to talk in normal voices to discuss this. Well, I wouldn't want to lie to them. Maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I will. Yeah, but you want to teach them Mm -hmm. to behave like that when they come up with conflicts. Good point. Because we can't be hypocrites. No, we We can't. can't say, use your words, don't speak in loud voices. You can have your emotions, but but you mustn't shout. But you I don't know. mind if they shout. Like for me, I don't want them to be stifled. Like if they need to shout and cry and scream, like then do it. Like I I want I don't really mind. Of course, but we're also teaching them how mm-hmm. to communicate mm-hmm. in a mature and healthy way. Not Touché. to just be screaming no, and you're shouting. Right. You're totally right. That's a valid point. Okay, sorry. Okay, <laughs> back point. to it. Let's get back to the Pleiades. <laughs> okay. Um 
they can, okay, so starseeds can be diagnosed with a variety of disorders to explain quote, explain them. And not just like what what Amber was talking about with like highly uh, or sensitive per- processing, processing disorder. disorder, which is one example. Another of them would be called um, ADD, ADHD, oh, yeah. or even aut- autism spectrum could be starseed. What about like bipolar or something? Like emotional, like well, okay, highly no, we're talking emotional about people. Ch- yeah, okay, like highly emotional people. Bipolar, I sort of see as something different. And we, we bipolar doesn't even hit a kid until they're a bit older. So even like looking at like the nature of the child as a child mm-hmm. too versus like disorders that could come in at an older age because that could maybe be from something else. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, Keep on track. So um, autism... ADHD, Autism, ADHD, ADD, ADD um, any sensory processing disorders, kind of like anything which is not could be deemed abnormal, you know, because a lot of star seeds, they're not human. So it's like they might present abnormally mm-hmm. in one way or another, but it would usually probably present in childhood. Oh, it's so screwed up how we have created this sense of normal that completely mm-hmm. disregards that every human is such a bio-individual. In, individual. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane that we're f- like pressured to feel abnormal if we don't fit into this mm-hmm. little... And that's Chocolate part of maybe thing. we can get into that on our conspiracy theory episode, but it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, there, there's definitely a system which is trying to, uh, silence and like put star seeds or people who are like higher vibrational, dimensional, whatever into the box where they, they get completely boxed in and they can't express themselves and they don't, you know, they think they're crazy or whatever. That's a whole agenda to keep down the consciousness in my opinion. Bringing that man down. Yeah. Okay. Um, Starseeds can be sensitive to germs and other toxicities specific to earth. So they could just be sensitive to earth conditions, a little bit more sensitive than other people would be. Um, They can affect electronic devices and become um, uncomfortable around electronic devices. Well, you have that problem. You and I together, we're always short fusing any electrical device we ever touch. Hopefully this pod, you can hear this podcast. (laughs) Oh, who knows? I'll be surprised if it comes out. We do, we do clearings and shieldings before our episodes. So that's sometimes helpful. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I'm on the same page. Okay. Um, So they enjoy discussing spiritual or philosophical topics and they feel a connection to nature and universal love. Okay. Personal reference. That's on that end. note, Valentine, as I mentioned, who's four, at about three, he started being fascinated with the idea of birth and death. So all the big questions, which <laughs> not quite with the first child, not quite sure how to explain. Once again, <laughs> trying to gauge that line of transparency and honesty to respect them and not mess them up, but also not giving giving them too many details. I mean, I mean, it's fine to give them details on big life elements like this, but yeah. So I had to be explaining the concept of life and death, and then ghosts and um. <laughs> you know, basically spirit, the idea of spirit, where it is before it comes in. So the concept of birth was, but how did we get here? Mm -hmm. And I had to try to explain the fact that we're human, but we have a spirit that comes into the body, which is forever, Mm -hmm. but the body is just um, for the time it's on earth, Mm -hmm. just for, if you're lucky, a hundred years. And so then he said, well, where does the spirit go when our body dies? And fascinated for every day. I I mean, not every day now, but every so often he continues to bring this up and he loves that topic. 
and nature. What did you tell them? Well, I said, so on the birth front, I said when um, two, a a man and a woman, uh, their bodies are designed to make a baby. And so when a man and a woman love each other, they put their bodies together (laughs) and they make a baby. And then of course, a thousand questions come after that. So I was like, but how, mummy, how does the baby get in the tummy? You're like, well, <laughs> the stork drops. I don't know, it's joking. Um, well, I said, well, <laughs> daddy has something like a little tadpole. Mm-hmm. And so he shoots like a gun, this little <laughs> tadpole into the mummy. And then the mummy has an egg waiting for the tadpole. And the strongest tadpole, you were once a tadpole, and the strongest tadpole makes it to the egg. And then a baby starts growing. And then he says, so what, so where does the spirit come from then? And I said, well, when the baby gets a little bit bigger, the spirit then comes in and the spirit can come from anywhere, from the universe, from another lifetime, blah, blah, blah. And then with death, which was a really big one, I wanted to normalize the conversation around death. I didn't want it to be taboo. I didn't want it to be scary. So I started talking about death as the body and the spirit kind of the body will die, but the spirit remains living. So when I die, cause we're all going to die. And so when mommy dies, I'll still be here with you. You can still talk to me. You'll still feel me. I'll still be with you. Is he scared that you're going to die now that you said that? No, because I've normalized it and okay. we talk about it all the time it's not ambiguous. Mm-hmm. We and he, you know, I allow him to talk about it, answer all of his questions, and he's not scared anymore. And nice. he always says to me, "Mommy, I'm going to find you even when you die. I'll find you, and we'll be together." Like it's a very normal thing now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I haven't messed him up. No, but, no, gosh, no. Yeah, but you I mean kids are different. Some people would be traumatized by that, and some people would feel freedom around that. Totally. So. I know Milo. Like he is so sad about the thought that I would ever die. That. I just don't want to dwell on it with him, but he also doesn't ask. So Valentine asks. So oh yeah, Mm -hmm. lots and lots of questions. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Cool. So they're all the characteristics. Mm, That's just some. Yeah. Okay. Can can I add a few in there? Okay. So I love how in the definition you mentioned the idea that a lot of the times, because star seeds are coming in from a different reality and different systems, they don't quite feel like they fit in the earthly systems. A lot of the time, every single person in my life that I've realized is a star seed has a, has a reoccurring theme in their life of feeling like they have a big mission, feeling like oh, they such have a good one. something such a good big point. to do, mm-hmm. something important that is just bursting inside of them, but not quite figuring out what that is and how to make it into a career, such a good how point. to make money and like sense of mission, how to figure that out. And I think it's because the earthly matrix systems are designed with the mind and they're based in the heart, really based in the heart, connected to oneness, to the earth, to each other. And so they find it hard to adapt to these mind-based earthly systems. And so a lot of the time they end up kind of floating, floating around, For now. not quite realizing where to place For themselves. For now, but their day is coming. Because just want to add to that, like star seeds embodied right now, they do have a mission. Mm-hmm. That sense of mission is so true. Like they have come in to shift the consciousness and it hasn't been the ripe moment to shift the consciousness yet, but their missions are coming. <sighs> 
and stronger in numbers. Mm-hmm. Get all your star seedy little friends and start like pumping it up, <laughs> pumping the music, <laughs> like doing some push-ups. Your time <laughs> is coming. It's time yeah. to shine. That sense of mission is like is. I want to validate those missions. That mission is and it's coming. Mm-hmm. And another point is the sensitivity. A lot of the time, just from, I've just got about three individuals in my head who are very close to me and are so Pleiadian. All Pleiadian. uh, uh, Yeah. So you're just like Pleiadian. Maybe. Yeah, you do. You did carry, you totally carry it yourself too. You guys probably were, yeah, you guys probably all hung out together in the Pleiades lots of times. I don't feel kind of sensitive though, like as much as Valentine but, and some of the other people in my life or misplaced like them as much. Just to add to that, because how I see that for you is that you've lived on earth a lot of lifetimes uh, as well. That makes sense. So you are calibrated to earth energies, mm-hmm. like you're anciently calibrated to earth energies from like Atlantis and throughout you've been living earth lifetimes. So you're you're not like a pure star seed. You're like half indigo, half star seed. Like a lot of people are a mixture of things. Like a lot of people will have lived many earthly lives and also in other star systems. So that would be like you. But somebody who's like a pure star seed, they will have not lived on earth. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they won't have. And so they have no reference for earth conditions. Mm. Yeah. That's that's kind of how I view them. They seem to be so living in the heart and so sensitive and so empathetic. I mean, just having one of those attributes like you, how sensitive you are to other people's energies and you're so empathetic. It's really hard to be a human that is constantly feeling so many energies. It's excruciating. And for people. This This – yeah, this is the hell zone. This is excruciating. Yeah, so just having that one element, you know, and on top of that feeling misplaced and on top of that, I mean, I, you're such a star seed. You've got that big mission kind of energy and you're super um, empathetic and you've got, you're completely connected to the stars and you're basically a galactic historian. Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm a galactic historian. Well, I mean, you're pretty I could tell you something about the galactic history of <laughs> See, of course you can. Go on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for me, how I feel for myself is that I have, like you, been on Earth since almost the beginning of Earth. Like I'm I'm here for the long run on Earth, you know? So even if even if I've lived in other star systems or here and there popped into other star systems, like I am committed to the Earth mission and to seeing this Earth mission through. So I love that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? that takes a lot of energy to remember your mission Mm -hmm. and to move out of your fear and out of the blockages in that earthly realm to be able to have a clear channel of action towards your mission. Mm -hmm. Some people go lifetimes without finding the courage to fulfill their mission or even uh, figure out Mm -hmm. what their mission is, Mm -hmm. which brings me to the next point I want to discuss with you. A question I want to ask you is, what is your idea around this concept of spiritual amnesia? It kind of feels like a cruel joke that these star seeds are being sent down at high speed in order to make a massive difference and fulfill their big mission, but they arrive and they get amnesia of where they're really from and what they're really meant to be doing. I mean, that's some sick, cruel joke. So, Tell me your idea about spiritual amnesia, why it happens, and how we can bust out of that to fulfill the mission. So we are in a super dense reality here as humans embodied in human form. It's like a frequency-fenced 
field where we cannot perceive in a human body in the third dimensional paradigm outside these very confining um, spectrum of perception. And so that's just the nature of the game here on earth right now. It's just the nature of the game. So you could think about like coming into earth as like, is like playing a game, right? And the rules of the game is like, you can come down here, but you can't remember where you came from. Oh man, that yeah. is so messed up. Yeah. So let's talk about ways. And, and oftentimes under seven, they do remember where they uh-huh. came from, but it's conditioned out of them. That's why Valentine, since he could comprehend language and understand me, I started doing little exercises of meditation and asking him questions like, what do you think God's like? Where were you from before this? You know, asking him the big questions, seeing what he came up with. Mm-hmm. And often it was very fascinating. The other half of the time up, I was just like blubber. Well, they come up with some good answers. Yesterday Milo was actually pooping. <laughs> nice, <laughs> and, where all the good thoughts come from. And he from. was like, he was like, Mama, I know what God is. And I was like, tell me. And he was like, God is love and God is everything. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That definitely needs. Score. That's what you happen in your head, right? Yeah. Yeah, the little, they, they are very connected before the age of seven. And then the ego kicks in. I can, I mean, even before seven, the ego starts to arise and create a sense of separation and identity and they get completely hijacked in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But the veil is lifting. So it's like we've been under, all of us have been under this veil, but now the veil is lifting. So it should be a lot easier to remember, at least now or coming up soon. So can you offer us some tips and tactics for people who may be resonating with being a starseed or having a starseed to help them remember Mm -hmm. their mission and remember Mm -hmm. who they really are? Okay. So the things that are coming to my mind are get clear on things that are within you that were not conditioned. So even when you were a kid, think about before you were seven years old, what were the things that you liked? What were the things that you were attracted to? What were the things that you thought felt believed? Um, Think about when you have a thought arise, think about the, the if this was conditioned into you by the earthly system or if this is coming organically from within you, you know, and just really try to clear the channels of your intuition to really get clear on that inner voice and be mindful about what is coming from conditioning and what is coming from that inner voice. Okay. I love that. It's on that note, it's unbelievable how we don't realize how much we're conditioning our children. We are creating these mini molds from our concepts rather than just allowing them to be authentically who they are. Yeah, because as a parent, if you let your child be authentically who they are, they are you're thought of as a bad parent, quite honestly. You're like, oh, you're not disciplining your kid. You're not doing this for your to your kid. You're not doing because it's so much societal pressure to like have your kid act a certain way that you feel like you have to do certain things to make them act that way. Well, I feel as though there can be a balance between disciplining and kind of helping shift your kids along in a really um, nurturing way and also allowing them to be their authentic selves. That's why I love the Rye approach where you just narrate their experience rather than place your ideas on their experience. Okay. Well, let's take that. And let's say we go to a library where there's like a book being read at a library and a lot of kids are coming to hear this book, a book being read. And, uh, you know, 
your kid doesn't want to sit and listen to a book. Your kid wants to run around the library screaming. Do you know what I mean? It's like you feel compelled as a mom to be like, we're in a library. You have to sit down. You have to be quiet. You cannot scream. You cannot run. And, um, you know, so it's just like we impose society's views. And even if if you're a rye, like you're going to be like, let's narrate this. You're screaming right now and you're in a library. Then you're going to get kicked out of the library. Like I was about to say, you could, as the adult go, I see that you're screaming. Mm -hmm. You don't say, I see that you're mad, sad, glad, Mm because you don't want to label what they're Mm -hmm. feeling. You say, I see that you're screaming, because that's a fact. see that you're running around. I'm going to take you outside now. Mm -hmm. So you can do that, but you can do it outside where it's appropriate. And then you're teaching them. Yeah, that would be a great response. Yeah. Anyway. But I'd say most parents, unless you're really trained in the rye thing, is not going to do that. Most parents most nannies, most person that's watching your kid is going to be like, you're in a library, be quiet and sit down, you know? And that's part of the, how people get conditioned. And you don't want to be hurting a starcy like that, the little sensitive exactly. little bubbers. Okay. Let's get back to some other ways that are good for star seeds to bust out of their amnesia okay. and get back on track um, with the mish. Eating extremely clean, mostly vegan diets. I would say, I mean, I guess I'm not supposed to like say you should be a vegan because it's like, I guess, controversial. But what I mean is like eat clean, eat clean, high vibrational foods. And yeah, I mean, consider the vibration of eating an animal, a dead animal. Like, do you think that's a high vibrational thing or a low vibrational thing? It's maybe higher vibrational to eat a like a living food, like a, a spinach leaf that just got picked. It could be higher vibration. Jenna's looking at me. Yes, this is a very controversial topic. And, um, you know, I totally agree with your concept. But once again, I will say every single human is completely individual and different with their little constitution that's specific for them. And some people's constitutions can thrive off a plant-based diet. But some people, I've tried to go vegan. I went vegan for three months and felt so good, so clean, so light, so good. And then after that three-month point, I started feeling super weak and not, I, I started to feel depleted and like my energy and everything was going down. And then mm. when I went and got things tested and I was low on certain minerals and this and that, and I had like a piece of fish or whatever and making sure it's um, sustainable farm rate, I mean, sorry, just like consciously fed and raised as much as possible, um, I felt better. So totally. And, and I think as, listen a vegan, to your body. as a vegan, I think that I do take a lot of supplements. Like I take a lot of herbs and supplements that maybe offer um, – the protein proteins or, or vitamins whatever or whatever that, that people like people get would eat. From me. Like if I were to just only eat the food I eat and no supplements, I might be feel weak, you know? Mm-hmm. And like Jesse, my husband, he started taking fish oil, but he still eats vegan. So of course, like if your body's calling for something, then um you need it. But we're talking specifically about star seeds and we're talking specifically about star seed constitutions. Mm-hmm. And I think eating clean is usually helpful for star seeds to get back to their memories of their, you know, to lift the veil of their amnesia and to higher their vibrational state within a body. And, um, and I can imagine a lot of the time when you explain to a young star seed where chicken or fish or beef actually comes from, like Valentine, he just, once he realized he was eating an actual animal, he just said, 
uh, no, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. Totally. Same with my children. They will not. It's, it's totally because they don't want to eat an animal's body. Yeah. You know? But then if he doesn't eat vitamins right now and he refuses to eat spinach or any vegetables and he needs energy and protein mm-hmm. and amino acids and all of that, it's like, so what I do, hard. what I do is like, I have these amazing nutritional shakes. One is actually not vegan because it's dairy based, but one is vegan. Um, they like the dairy based one more, but, um, gives them all their vitamins, all the, it's protein, vegan protein, and it's chocolate, but doesn't have sugar in it. One of them does have sugar actually, but it's a give and take. So I think there, if if your kid doesn't want to eat meat, but you need to give them those, those vitamins, there's, there's, there are ways to sneak it in. That's the only way I'll get any type of greens into him. Mm -hmm. He'll eat broccoli, but then I have to sneak spinach into a chocolate nutritional Mm -hmm. milkshake. There are ways around. Okay, cool. Back to the star seed coming out mm-hmm. of the amnesia. We have to have clean diets. Mm-hmm. Um, Water, clean diets. Remember what you were into and your true nature before when you were a child, yes, before you it, may have been programmed out of it. Yes. Um, go into nature. Mm-hmm. Go be with the planet Earth, you know? Don't be with humans. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do. Be with animals, be with the earth, be with nature, but don't be with humans. At least give yourself a time each week where you're not with humans. Okay. And um, what is your concept? What's your concept and meditation for Stasis to remember who they really are? I think it's a great tool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's always meditation is always a great tool for lifting the veil, remembering who you truly are, getting in touch with your true nature, getting in touch with your higher self. Okay. And mm-hmm. what do you think about community? Obviously one of the um, attributes you mentioned were people who are really wanted to be connected with community right. and like-minded people. And why that is, is because a lot of starseed, highly advanced starseed of civilizations will be already having achieved unity consciousness, meaning like um, they, they understand, understand the law that of one. the law of one, which is that we are all one. If you hurt another, you actually hurt yourself. So they're functioning by this law and they see that just as an individual, it means nothing. It's like, we are all one. We are all connected. So they are going to want that. And that can come with a sense of co- wanting community, but it could also come with a frustrated sense of community because here, if you are in the wrong community, then it's not functioning you like feel this. Even more misplaced. It feels even more misplaced. So mm. they crave like-minded community, I'd say. Mm. Got it. Well, there we go. If you're a starseed and you're feeling isolated, misplaced, like find a starseed group on Facebook. (laughs) Totally. Seriously. This is the 21st century. Get on social media and pump out a message looking for fellow starseeds and guaranteed they will come a flying over to you. Yes. Hashtag starseeds unite. I use it all the time. Just go (laughs) to that hashtag and like just friend everyone who uses it. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. Is there anything else we want to explore today before we wrap up for today? Any other ways that people who are mothering starseeds or in a relationship with starseeds can um, nurture their big mission? I would say for those of us, um, you know, in relationships with starseeds, with whether they be our children or husband or whatever, um, just just lay off, you know, like just lay off, like like let them be, and like don't impose anything upon them, you know, just like let them be the beautiful, unique flower that they are without imposing any expectations. Mm, beautiful, 
I love that. That should kind of be a rule of thumb. Rule of whether thumb. Whether they're a star seed or not. Thumb. Generally, pretty good for star seeds too. Um, I also wanted one more point before we wrap up. So we've been talking about how star seeds often feel misplaced in the earthly systems. So can we discuss some tactics that they can apply to this life to have a smoother ride? We've spoken about amnesia and ways for them to remember who they are and how to get along their mission path. But can we talk about some things they can do to kind of, I guess, integrate their sensitive self into the earthly systems, such as grounding practices each day. Yeah. Shielding meditations, which is not a fear-based meditation. <laughs> it's, it's, it's love a love, light. it's, it's, it's a loving meditation that you love yourself enough to protect yourself doing shielding meditations, doing, um, uh, wait, wait. I think finding a balance between the head and the heart can be a good, tool to get an the idea head's about kind of going out of style yeah but Especially if, if you're, you're on a new earth and you're a star seed you're so heart-based as a star seed you need to understand the earthly systems and find some type of balance to be able to operate in them to get your message across i feel it's so important to not disregard the fact that you've been asked to reincarnate as a human and for a reason or you chose to yeah yeah well but what if the it. what if the what if the reason is to anchor the new frequencies and that's the reason the new frequencies are not going to be understood unless you're speaking in a human language No, but it's an embodiment thing it's like all you have to do is embody it you could be alone in a forest and embodying this and you're doing your mission yeah but at the same I, and, and then on the other and i was like i was gonna say instead of integrate into earthly systems i was gonna say find a like a, a commune a utopian place where you can live in the way that you want to live and you don't have to integrate into earth how systems. how accessible and realistic is that for people i think it's becoming more accessible and more realistic and i know there's a lot of places right now like for example um what's it called woofing w o o f i n g um where world well i don't <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll link it to the show notes. But basically, you can work on organic farms for free. Like they pay for your lodging and your food, and it's a worldwide organic farm network where you can literally go from organic farm to organic farm, and you just work on the land, and they they feed you and they house you. Something like that would be good for a star seed. Okay, so say we're talking about someone who's in the city, who's got their kids in schools, and their husband has a real job, and they have to continue their earthly life. Do you think it's a good idea for them to have some type of balance between understanding those systems so they know how to get their message across in effective ways so people can hear it? Or you think you should just go totally rogue? I think there's different kinds of missions. And I don't, I know you want me to say like find no, no, a balance no. between head and heart. No, I don't. And I, I think don't. for some people, yes, absolutely. That's, that's, that's going to be part of their mission, you know, but I feel like maybe the first thing would be like, get clear on your mission. What is your mission? What is your mission? How can you achieve that and be working towards that at all times, regardless of anything else that's happening? And if you get clear on that mission, you get clear on that intuition, you are going to be moved into the perfect places and you're going to be inspired to do what you need to do, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think like for us, like we value the balance of the head and the heart because we, we do want to get our, our mission is to get this out there in a way that people can understand. So for us, that is crucial, but for other star seeds, it may not be. Mm. I think one of the most important points is just action because mm-hmm. a lot of the time star seed energy can be kind of floating and not, not really knowing where to place themselves, getting 
clear, number one, and then getting into action. Because being in a body as well for starseeds can be quite confining and confronting. And a lot of the time, because of the sensitivity, plus them not re- just kind of getting used to this earthly body, it can manifest as constitutional sensitivities. Oh, absolutely. But um, I would say, I, I would say, in my opinion, and this is not right or wrong, but I think a lot of starseeds are here to embody higher frequency and that's it. Like that is their mission. So it's, it's really, maybe if they, it's almost like the earthly system looks at them and says, oh, you're not really doing anything. You're just pitter pattering. You're not really doing anything, but that's actually maybe not true. They could actually be doing their mission by embodying, just being by just being, yeah. by actually just being alive as a human right now is their mission, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. I feel like, you know, there is, in order to shift the paradigm, we need to shift the way we're being. And the most radical shift is going to come from individual change within us all that creates a collective change. And that all comes from unity, love, acceptance, and it's true. I mean, mm. the, the people in my life who are serious love warriors and really are in action being that change, they definitely naturally uh, attract a tribe of like-minded people. Yes. And that quotient, that light quotient just naturally starts to ripple out mm-hmm. into their community. And it is powerful just simply being yes. that love. Yes. And if starseeds are just being themselves, like then they are going to start to attract the conditions that they need to see. Mm-hmm. you know okay awesome great well is there anything else on this that we can talk to for anyone to kind of help them i would say definitely connect with other star seeds like we were saying find those groups find those other people on facebook on instagram social media use social media to find that community of like-minded people and read into it read up on it i, I feel like there's it's so therapeutic understanding yourself deeper that you of you know deeper past you as of your soul history and um just understanding that you know understanding these concepts can be very comforting for people that may really deeply relate to them absolutely and it's very therapeutic to to feel like oh you actually do belong and you actually are perfect mm-hmm. as you are and mm-hmm. not just that you are here for a big reason. Big reason. And you're wanted and needed and, and loved beyond and loved measure. And this is exactly where you need to be, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't make sense. So get into the literature. There's so much on the net. There's so many books. And with the literature, I just want to disclaim that um, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Because with channeled information, some of it could be true and some of it could not be true. The human vessel interpreting the channel information could be flawed. So it's not like every channeled information about the Pleiadians is going to be 100% right. You need to take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Kudos to that. Totally agree. Um, Do you have an invitation for our listeners, Jenna? Mm -hmm. I would say get clear on your mission. That's my invitation. Yeah. Just, no, you know, starseed or not. No big clear deal. On your mission. <laughs> no pressure. No big deal. Why are you here? You know, everyone here embodied in form right now, especially starseeds are here for a reason are here for a mission. What is yours? Get clear on it and then start to take small steps of action towards your mission. Mm, love that. Beautiful. Thanks, Jenna. Thanks, Thank Amber. you so much for yeah, those blue Pleiadian eyes that come looking back at me. <laughs> Sparkling blue rays at you. Um, all right, guys. Well, that wraps it up for today. 
Thank you so much for joining this conversation. We're seriously grateful to be on this journey together with you. If you loved this episode, please share on Facebook, Instagram, or iTunes. And do not forget, subscribe on iTunes to stay in the know with each new weekly episode. And remember, only together can we save the mother-loving future.